So good. You know, and today is, uh, I just learned this morning, uh, National Grandparents Day. So happy Grandparents Day to all those grandparents out there. How many grandparents out there? We got quite a few, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm one of them. My wife and I are, are, are two of them. And so uh, we're blessed with a little um, almost two two-year-old grandson. So, yeah, I didn't know it was National Grandparents Day. I really honestly didn't know that. I didn't know it, but it is. And so, celebrate. I think we should have a national holiday. I think tomorrow should be a day off for that, right? Yeah, so, I don't know, you know, if I have the, the authority to announce that, but, um, or the influence. But we've been on a, on a theme together of growing um, in Christ, and um, I want to continue talking about growth. Um, together we grow is uh, one of the catchphrases in our theme as we move forward with a lot of new things, a lot of transition, change, new building, new or a new sanctuary being fully remodeled, and it's going to be awesome uh, to see that progress and what's going to be happening there. Lots of change, though, and together we grow through change. We, uh, change has a way, if we're, if we're attentive to what God is doing, has a way of stimulating, has a way of prodding us on, has a way of uh, inspiring us to grow. So I think change is a good thing if we leverage the growth opportunities through change that God has for us. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, last month I talked to you about... Um, about uh, from John 15 about uh, God as the gardener and how we sometimes yield need to yield to his pruning process in our lives right and some of the the work that he's doing there and uh, outwardly in us in character formation and development and what he wants to do in our lives Um, but he's doing it so that we can be set up for success, to have a life and a lifestyle of fruitfulness. Um, Jesus said, John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, fruit that will last. It has an eternal quality to it, the kind of fruit that God wants us to be bearing and producing. So our assignment is to bear lasting fruit it has this eternal quality about it. Um, so we'll t- today we're going to talk a little bit more, a little more about what's going on underneath the surface. So we're going to talk about roots and remaining and staying in Him, um, and what it takes to do that, and how what it takes to be established and rooted in Him. So um, there, there's a, a photo that Cindy just this morning, Cindy Amatisto sent me of of a tree, um, and I think I gave it. To you guys, can you pull it up? It's a tree that's sending out its roots. No? Okay, hold on that one. Actually, hold on that. That's just kind of, I don't want to scare you guys into winter because no one's ready for winter right yet. But this was, as I was thinking about roots, I pulled up these photos of our our winter in Camino and what we had to deal with. Big cypress tree going down. You see the big root ball there and the tree that went down. And, you know, sometimes from an outward perspective, something looks strong and stable and yet underneath there's clearly there's not clearly but underneath there's something wrong and that there was something wrong with this tree now it did get hot top heavy with all the snow and stuff so uh, we can see but sometimes our lives are like that right we get weighted down 
And uh, we don't allow uh, God, we don't come to Jesus to, to, to allow him to take, lift our burdens, to take us so that we, and then maybe simultaneously we're not putting down deeper roots. And so we're going to talk about how we put down deeper roots today and go deeper and get stronger. But this is, uh, yeah, I'm not ready for winter. This kind of might give me nightmares tonight. I don't know because we, <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty bad. But I'm sure some of you had trees go down on your property and all that. So we have to deal with that stuff living uh, where we choose to live. So, um, but the net, the other picture was a, a, a tree. Yeah, check this out. I just. Um, I just think this is amazing, you know, because roots, um, roots seek out, and we'll talk about some of the quality of roots, and just hope, maybe just, uh, well, we'll, let's get back to that, because I want to talk about that, but just think about this, this tree that, who knows how long has been there, and has sought out nourishment, sought out, um, you know, the food, uh, and the, the water it needs, we as believers sometimes have to, we, we do have to go deeper, we have to go wider, broader, because we need to get that nourishment that we need in Christ. And, we'll, and sometimes in seasons of dryness and drought, uh, where it seems pretty barren, we need to have, be grounded in a place to where we can go with those roots and go out deeper and broader. So, um, but Jesus, like I said, okay, so the, John 15, uh, verse 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Remaining. So we're going to talk about remaining today. Um, remaining in Christ. And then Paul says it like this to the Colossian church in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. He says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord... Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness, Colossians 2, 6 and 7. So just as we received him as Lord, you know, the story is just getting started. I was thinking back to my salvation experience when I was driving. I was 20 years old and I was driving my car uh, through the uh, redwoods near Eureka, California, all alone, lost, uh, didn't have any direction in life, knew I had roots, but I'd gotten away from those roots, a long way away from those roots. It, God just chose that moment to just flood my car as I was driving with his presence and to immerse me in his presence and to remind me that he had chosen me He's appointed me to go and bear fruit, just like each one of you. And, um, you know, so roots are important. Sometimes we forget, even through long seasons, how important those are, and God brings us back to that place. Um, and Paul said to Timothy, uh, referring to the scriptures, he said, don't neglect the holy scriptures that were part of your upbringing from infancy. Don't neglect that. So scriptures, staying grounded in scripture is an important part of staying rooted in Christ. And Paul was reminding Timothy, this is important. Don't neglect it by all means. So roots are vital to health and vitality, both in the natural world and in, this, and in the spiritual dimension. There's, in the spiritual world, there's, there's roots are important. And so lasting fruit requires healthy roots. And roots matter because they take in nourishment, right? 
Just like we saw this tree up here that was taking in nourishment. They take it in from below. They take it in from outside of themselves into the tree and send it up above. They probe. As this, again, this tree illustrates, they probe in times of drought, right? In times of dryness, in times when the stream dries up or whatever. They probe. They're like the brains of the tree, you know? And they have these sensors and they, they probe. They'll, they hit an obstacle. They'll go around it until they find the nourishment that they need. So trees are a great uh, kind of thing to compare our lives to in a lot of ways because we hit obstacles too, don't we? And we can allow those obstacles to stunt our growth and to, and to you know, bring us to a place where we get so discouraged and frustrated and we just stop seeking, stop searching. Um, but God wants us to take those obstacles. God's design and plan is to go around them, find ways around them. He wants to be with us through them. He wants to help us to find that nourishment any way as he leads us to that place of abundance and fruitfulness. So... Uh, lots of good things. Why roots matter. I've heard, I uh, was reading about uh, trees and roots and uh, you can find anything. And I was just kind of reading and talked about how some trees go as far as 100 feet, uh, over 100 feet down to find moisture, to find nourishment. Um, so going deep is important. And um, yeah, so uh, roots, though, I think in our culture and are under attack. You know, I, I think that roots and Christian roots, Christian values, of course, and, and what we believe and what we've hold dear and what our ancestors maybe have held dear are all under attack and um, being compromised in a lot of ways. And, and so we, all the more as followers of Christ, need to stay rooted and not say, well, I'm a victim of my environment or of what's going on in my society and I just need to give a little here, give a little there. And before we know it, we've lost our roots. We've lost touch. We've lost connection with the source. So staying connected uh, to Jesus is so important in these times. And um, Paul is saying uh, it's important as well. He's saying it's important to be continually rooted and established in Christ. And so our roots are simply in relationship with Christ. I mean, the roots go back to relationship with him. And so that's kind of the big, if that's the big picture view, you know, our roots are in relationship with him, but let's look at some ways that we can stay rooted and established in him. Um, first, just a question, get you thinking a little bit here today. How rooted and established do you feel you are in this season that you're in? And what are some ways you can go deeper? What are some ways I can go deeper to be more rooted and established? What's kind of causing me to shake, what's shaking my foundations? How can I go deeper? And uh, let's maybe discover uh, some of those ways today as we look further here. But uh, number one, number one, healthy roots require the right atmosphere or environment. Right? I mean, they, we need the right environment and the right atmosphere. Healthy roots depend on that. Uh, and healthy roots help create that. So uh, we get, it takes us, t took me to uh, Psalms chapter 1, Psalm chapter 1, and I just want to read that uh, with you here. Blessed is the one who does not walk in, this, in step with the wicked or stand in this way that sinners take 
or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on this law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like shaft, the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Boy, if that doesn't tell you something about where to put our roots, what does? And we don't even have to go to the New Testament. I mean, we just look at that, and we, but boy, this, this, we could, we could just land camp here for a while. But there's, there's a lot here. But a big takeaway for me is that atmosphere or environment determines what lives or dies. So the tree knows that. The tree somehow instinctually, uh, let's not give it too much uh, credit, but God has built in to creation. And, and in terms of trees, they know to survive, they've got to probe deep. They've got to go for the source. They've got to go for that nourishment and otherwise there's going to be an environment that cannot sustain the tree and we need as followers of christ to realize that i in partnership with the lord with by his spirit work with him to create that environment i seek he provides whatever's needed i seek him i put him first i probe i go deep whatever i need to do i meditate on his word i delight in his word and um, before I know it, if I make a steady habit of that, I'm finding myself in an environment that sustains me. I've, co-part- I've partnered with God to create that, irregardless of the, my surroundings. You know, if I'm in a desert season, if I'm in a dry place, outwardly, I still have the source. I'm connected to him. So looking for that, seeking that out. Um, but um, so he wants us to be how, uh, you know, to create this environment where we can thrive near the water, close to the source. Uh, but oftentimes I think what, what happens is we, we look for a new source or substitutes, right? And, uh, you know, when when the atmosphere and the environment is not to our liking, we, we, we tend to step outside of God's plan, God's purpose, and we say, I'm going to create this new environment. I'm going to find my own source and a substitute, right? Which won't, be, which won't serve to, to root me and establish me in him. So, but all along, when I'm doing that, the answer is go a little deeper. Go a little deeper, a little more seeking, and God has it for us, and God wants to give it to us. So it's not about escaping, and I think sometimes I want to escape. Sometimes I think we want to escape we want to find that new source, that substitute, because, Lord, it's too hard, or it's too, this is just too challenging, whatever it is. But God says, I want to change. I want to transform you. I want to change 
the environment. I want to work with you. I want to provide and want to source, resource you to transform your environment. And so while the atmosphere determines what lives or dies, our choices contribute to making the environment what it is. So choices are really the cultivators of environment. And we'll talk more about choices later, but daily choices, habits, they're the cultivators of environment, of healthy environment. And so knowing where to find water is one thing, right? We all know where to find it. Any one of us who has any basic upbringing in the Christian faith and in the scriptures know where to find water in a spiritual sense for, our health, for the health of our spiritual lives. But the victorious believer consistently goes after it creating in partnership with the Holy Spirit an atmosphere where we can thrive. Can you say amen? Yes. Regardless of our surroundings. And so my question, what's the atmosphere in your home? I'm getting too personal here. In your workplace, in your relationships, what's the atmosphere? God is saying, I want to change the atmosphere. I have roots. I want you to grow. I want you to, to be established, rooted and established in me. And those daily choices you make are important. What's the atmosphere in those places? What are you contributing to that? What are you taking away from that? So healthy roots are important for that reason. Because there's an environment that God has placed us in and also an environment that God wants us to transform with him. Okay, so the atmos healthy roots, uh, number two, establish us through the seasons. And I like to think of spiritual growth in terms of seasons. I can, I just, I'm always kind of thinking about what does winter look like for me spiritually? What does spring look like? What does summer look like? Give it a try. Just think of, just trying to think of your life in terms of seasons, how you've grown, how things at times have been dormant, felt dormant, uh, felt uh, desolate, felt green and alive, felt uh, hot and balmy like summer or whatever. But just think of some of the seasons that you've been in and what God was doing in those times spiritually. Um, be, Jesus, Marth, uh, author Mark Buchanan puts it like this. He said, Jesus is a man for all seasons. So he never, he never, there's never not a growth opportunity in any season that the believer finds themselves in. Isn't that cool? Even though we can't see sometimes, and it seems like lack of or less or, or, nothing there's always something god is doing there's always something he's up to um yeah so he says to king hezekiah this is second kings chapter 19 he says and this is where there the israel is being um being uh, attacked by uh, other countries the assyrian king is going after them they're 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 really in their last season of life it looks like for, for, for the, the Israelite nation. And God 
sends a word to Hezekiah, who is the king at that time, and he says this, 2 Kings 19, verse 29, This will be a sign for you, Hezekiah. This year you will eat what grows by itself, and the second year what springs from that. But in the third year, sow and reap, plant vineyards, and eat their fruit. Once more, a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and bear fruit above. Take root below and bear fruit above. For out of Jerusalem will come a remnant, and out of Mount Zion, a band of survivors. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Roots are important. We, in one sense, are the remnant of the Lord. And for that, God is saying, I have, I have established my remnant, and they're going to take root below, and they're going to grow and f- be fruitful above. And sometimes there are seasons. I think Hezekiah, the first and second year that, that of, this, of this word, this prophetic word, this first and the second year, are, are were mostly about trusting God uh, when the abundance isn't there, right? We've had those times, let's all be honest, we've had those times when, when we're, ha- we're trusting God. God is doing something under, under the surface. God is doing something, and we can't see outwardly the abundance. And so that first and second year for Hezekiah and the nation of Israel may have seemed like just trust. The abundance isn't there. There will be enough to get by, yes. But more than enough, not necessarily. I think about Elijah, who was fed by the ravens near the brook. Remember that? Dry place, kind of isolated, running. God fed him through the sending ravens with food, right? And we think of that, and I, and I, I don't think that was a time of abundance for Elijah. It wasn't a, an, a time of abundance, but God provided and was preparing him for the next season, doing the next thing, even when he couldn't see it. There will be seasons of sowing and reaping and harvest. They're all in their time. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. So, but it's in those dry spells and those uh, waiting seasons that our rootedness is tested, right? We, we, that, that gets tested. And the, and the habits... And the choices um, that we cultivate in the relative calm parts of our lives determines how we handle those storms. So the habits I cultivate when things are, are, seem relatively easy, you know, it's easy to go after God when things get hard sometimes. But what about the habits that we daily cultivate in, in response to our, our God's loving choice to, to choose us and to have relationship with us. What about those daily choices that we make? Um, they really help to root us during the storms. So we go on and look at King Hezekiah, and he's just an example of, of really what a lot of times we go through in our journey. But 2 Kings 20, King Hezekiah now gets this word that uh, he's fallen sick and he's going to die. 
And um, it was a word from the Lord that he had to get his house into order and because he was soon going to die. And he sought the Lord uh, with tears, and he, the Lord switched it up and said, you have 15 more years. I'm giving you 15 more years. What would that feel like to, have, to know that you have you know, 5, 10, 15? And that's, that's it. And, and Hezekiah had the privilege, I guess you could say. I'm not sure for, for me if I would feel like it was a privilege. But he had that from the Lord 15 years. Well, what I would want to do, I'd want to maximize it, right? I'd want to just, just maximize that opportunity. And especially if I'd been healed from a deadly disease like he was, right? And yet... It's very revealing. His heart is, it reveals his heart when that he took, during that 15 years, he took a laissez-faire approach to life. Kind of what, I'm comfortable, I'm secure. God said, these things are going to happen after you go. Um, you know, your, your ancestors, the, your, your descendants are, are going to be, are going to captivity and it's going to look really bad after you go. 15 years. And you know what Hezekiah said? He said, oh, good, there'll be peace and security in my life. <laughs> Not the legacy I want to leave. 15 years is a lot of time to invest in family, grandkids, great-grandkids, whatever he had, whatever God had put around him the nation. Yeah, a lot. So he didn't, he forfeited a legacy because he didn't take advantage of that growth opportunity when God had clearly given it to him. So a question again, where might you be taking a laissez-faire approach to life? And where are you forfeiting what are you forfeiting by not taking advantage of that growth opportunity in this season you're in? Again, doesn't matter what season looks like. What's the growth opportunity in that? Because there always is. There always is. Every season has opportunity. And healthy roots, and this is number three, healthy roots are the result of choices we make choices we make. We're not, you know, we talk, I've talked a lot about trees. I'm looking out here. I don't see uh, trunks and stumps and branches. I see people, real life people here today. So we are like trees, but we're not trees, right? And uh, so the comparisons kind of stop at a certain point. Um, and unlike trees, we have the privilege and responsibility to choose where we, where we put our roots, right? So we, we choose that, um, where we set our roots. There's a poem called The Sun by David White, and this is a line out of that poem. Um, listen to what he says. He says, sometimes reading, I look out at everything growing so wild and faithfully beneath the sky, and I wonder why we are the one terrible part of creation privileged to refuse our flowering. That spoke to me. Um, 
Yeah, again, author Mark Buchanan, he calls it a privileged refusal. And it stems from a basic choice about where we set our roots. Goes back to the Garden of Eden, doesn't it? A better way, I think, as I've mentioned, is to look at growth from a seasonal approach. And I believe we are like trees in that sense. And so going back to Psalms chapter 1, we do, we do grow seasonally. <clears throat> um, there are cycles of growth, um, times of dormancy. Um, we can choose, though, during those times where we put our roots. And the boy, best choice is to set them near the water. And as we look at Psalms 1, and I encourage you to, to take some time this week to, to read it and to meditate on it. But as we, as we delight in the word of God and we meditate on it day and night, there's an amazing promise that God has for us. Delight starts when we start to give value and, and ascribe importance to God's word. That's valuable. That's important to me. And we start delighting in the word of God. And we start to continually, uh, even sometimes just out of duty, you know, it's, it may not be out of delight at first. And there's times where it just feels like duty. But even then, God is doing something to work in terms of your ultimate delight in him. It's all working to, to, do, to do that. Our meditation of the word of God deepens our delight. And then this incredible promise. You'll be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. And whatever you do prospers. Even winter can't destroy you. So that only can happen as we intentionally abide in Christ through the seasons of our lives. That Jesus invites us into that abiding, into that relationship. He invites us in. That's why he chose us. Um, he, he chose us to be to to be with him. He chose the disciples in Mark chapter 3. He chose them not that they might, you know, it doesn't say he chose them to, to uh, give them an assignment or to um, take advantage of all their great skills and gifts. It says he chose them to be with him. He chose them to be with him. Jesus wants nothing more than, the, than for us to be with him. And then out of that, comes the fruit. He said to the, in Mark chapter 6 to the disciples, come with me to a quiet place and get some rest. Sometimes we need to do that as well as we abide in him and just rest in him. So it's all about choices. Where are you choosing to set your roots and what, where are you refusing? Where are you choosing? Where are you refusing? There's some some there's always a place in my life where I can point to that I'm refusing. And so there's always a lesson to be had, a, uh, a route that I need to send out somewhere else. There's always something. Where are you choosing? Where are you refusing? So healthy roots um, are the result of those daily habits and choices that we make. Number, uh, this is number four, healthy roots require cultivation. 
They require cultivation, outward cultivation and inward cultivation. Uh, cultivation, I believe, in the spiritual sense of the word, we just need to be, we, sometimes we need to be worked on, and, <clears throat> and it's going to show up in some outward things that are happening in our lives. Uh, someone, some conversation, someone speaking directly truth into my life, or some, some circumstance outwardly, but then there's the inward cultivation that God is doing something internally, making me more aware of what he's doing. So, uh, Luke chapter 13, uh, there's a, in starting with verse 6, Jesus uh, told this parable. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but he did not find any. And so he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? And sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it, bear fruit, if it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. Digging around the tree. And I think this, this parable represents something, for the reject, something about the rejection of, uh, of the uh, of of Israel, you know, the Jewish people rejecting the Messiah. But it also, I think, pertains to this idea of God is g merciful. God gives time for the process of healing and restoration. And uh, his, gr his great, he, he, lo he loves to see fruit. Okay, God just, his desire is to see fruit. But he knows that he's working, we're in a process here and he's working with us. So he says, let's dig around. Let's cultivate this a little bit. Let's work it some and, and I'll work with you. Uh, I'll, um, you, you, my patience is beyond what you can even understand in this. You work with me, partner with me by my Holy Spirit and let's dig around it. Let's cultivate it. Let's see what comes. And God by his grace and mercy brings fruit, brings growth and uh, that's where we want to be, surrendered to that process of cultivation, yielding to that sometimes painful process of cultivation, right? Um, but God always has a plan. So when he doesn't find the, the fruit, what does he do? He sets a plan in place. So God has a growth plan for your life. Do you believe that? It's just not you know, you're, you're, you're saved on your way to heaven and, and uh, see you there someday. God has a growth plan uniquely designed for each one of your lives, of my life, that he wants to set in motion as we yield to the process of cultivation. So the roots can go deep, down deeper. So now there's this inward cultivation, too, that I think is going on. Uh, I know in my life it happens, and I think there's lots of scriptural basis for the fact that there's a lot of things. You read some of the psalmists, uh, some of the psalms, and what the psalmist was saying, and and um, writing down, and praying, and there was a lot of inward cultivation that was happening there. Um, God says, just as you received him as Lord, just as you received Christ as Lord, then we, we also, then we go on from there to learn um, and maintain an awareness of him. And it takes us back again to, to passages like Psalms 1 where we can see that 
the scriptures are the basis for that as we get into the word of God and become more aware of his activity and his presence around us. Um, but sometimes I think, I know for me, and I know this is a, a challenge for a lot of us, we, we struggle with uh, uh, self-absorption or self-awareness to the point where we're uh, not aware of God and what he's doing. We just become so preoccupied with self that we're very conscious of us and what what we feel we need or the situation we're in, but we're not aware, we, be, we become so distracted that we lose an awareness of God's presence and activity in our lives. And Jesus uh, wants to work with us through that. He wants, to, he wants us to press in so we can feel and know his presence as he walks with us. Because he's never, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But sometimes we get so distracted that we lose any, any sign of God consciousness and we're just like, go through the whole day without it. And so I like the idea of pauses throughout the day, pausing and reflecting, asking questions, um, just saying, God, what are you saying right now to me in this situation? Can we just pause? Just pause. And, and so there's lots of things we can do to cultivate an awareness uh, because Jesus didn't say to his disciples, I choose you, I, I appoint you now to bear fruit. Now, check back with me in, in about three years when I'm getting close to the cross and I'll give you some parting instructions. No, he chose them to be with him, to have a God awareness in their lives, to cultivate that ability through whatever season or situation they're going through to draw on God's power, to draw on his presence, to be aware of what he's doing. And so the with him life is the life he wants for us, to be with him. And it's crucial to becoming rooted and established. And I get self-absorbed. And, and I look at myself and I'm saying, wow, when did I last think of you? When did I last pull up a, a word from you from memory or just something you have done or thanked you or whatever it is to cultivate a deeper awareness of him? So we can get feeling like we're isolated and alone in this when we're not, but, but, the, but the challenge is the discipline. Again, choice, going back to choice and what we choose to focus on. So as we kind of wrap up here for today, um, I just want to leave you with some questions um, that I want to encourage you to take these questions in your week daily set aside set aside some time just to ask these questions in the presence of god and with your bible open and uh just just take those questions and they're on i think they're on the screen here yeah and they're in your outline i think and this is from a book called spiritual disciplines handbook by adele Cal calhoun calhoun and um she, she talks about practicing the presence of god practice the presence of God. Take time through your day. Take time through the week to actually sit with Bible open, and it doesn't have to be long, but just say, God, what are you saying by maybe using some of these questions? Practice the presence of God, and then notice what comes up as you practice deepening your awareness of him. Deepening your awareness of him and what he's doing. Every time we become more aware of what he's doing, 
you know, there's, there's, a, there's the opportunity for some, some roots to go down just a little bit deeper, just a little bit deeper, and um, to establish us and strengthen us. So environment, environment. Remember that things live or die based on the atmosphere that we, that we create. And our, our uh, call is to create in partnership with God and his Holy Spirit an atmosphere that honors him in our lives and in our homes, our workplaces. How can we do that? Cultivate an environment that produces life, produces life and is contagious and transforms not only you, but those around you. Seasons, every season holds opportunity for growth. Don't, don't forget that. Every season, if you find you're finding yourself in a hard season right now, remember even deep root work is a, is a growth opportunity if we yield in that process. Uh, choices, we choose where we set our roots. So make those choices that will, that will allow those roots to go deeper. And then those, that cultivation process, inwardly and outwardly. And I think a lot of this is just about, um, as we were at our pa a pastor's retreat this past week with Pastor Don and Sue, we were, we were uh, heard a, a speaker by the name of Rick Dubose, and he was talking about um, this whole idea of repentance and, and recommitting. And I think a lot of this whole awareness piece is just that, thinking about the, the tree that didn't bear fruit. And so there are things in my life, Lord, that aren't bearing fruit. I repent of that, and I recommit. So if we have a daily practice of repentance and re recommitting, that's a good thing. That can be a real good thing and keeps us uh, aware of what God is doing in our lives. So... I mentioned pauses. You know, I like to take pauses. I used to put a little sticky note in front of me in my office, in front of my computer, which that the word pause on it, just to remind me, pause. And I'll look up at it sometimes. It's time to pause. Um, so whatever might help you do that. Um, sometimes we need many retreats. We need to get away. Sometimes we need just someone, a God-centered conversation, just to really process or share heart-to-heart heart with somebody. We need prayer, listening prayer. We need um, just practicing generosity, uh, you know, and, and seeing how that takes us outside of ourselves, right? And, and again, makes us more aware of God because it's his character to give. It's his character to, to serve and to give and to love. Can you stand with me today? Matt, why don't you uh, come on up and just lead us in a song for closing. And I just uh, um, want um, to um, just take a moment. And um, I'm going to have a, a, a benediction prayer. I want to pray over you guys after this, this song. But just let, let, as we sing this song, let's just let it seal God, let God seal his word in our hearts today. And recommit, repent if we need to, recommit, reestablish um, the idea that those roots are important and where do you want me to go with those this week, Lord? You can just come if you want one-on-one -on -one God time at the altar or if you want prayer, my wife and I will be up here. We'd love to pray with you. Um, so let's sing together. <laughs>